Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast. I'm your host, Robert Yeminen, and I hope you all are healthy and safe wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, to kick off the new year, I have a bit of exciting news for all you listeners out there. If you haven't heard yet, Interiors and Sources is rebranding this year, and the big reveal will be coming up soon in our January-February issue of the print magazine, so be on the lookout for that in early to mid-February. As part of our rebranding effort, we're also officially changing our name to INS uh, for brevity, but also because we're playing off of the elements of our name and position in the market, which we'll be able to read all about in our next issue. We've also revamped our advisory board, and in the coming weeks and months, we're going to be talking with our new board members, uh, one of which is my special guest for this podcast. So with me today is Kay Sargent, Director of HOK's Workplace Practice. Kay, thanks for being here. It's always such a pleasure to speak with you. Great. Happy to be here. Yeah. Well, how are you, and how's your new year been so far, Kay? I know that's kind of a loaded question, given <laughs> everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, so, so just, you know, we're, we actually, Robert, I think... For the sake of this podcast, we should pretend that it's June 4th okay. or January 4th, January 4th. Let's go right. back to January 4th uh, before just the craziness happens. I mean, you know, I live in Washington, D.C. You know, I live on the property of George Washington, our first president who you know willingly walked away. Mm. Uh, you know uh, that I spent a lot of time of my career working with federal agencies and doing a lot of security. So this hits me in a very... A profound way, as I'm sure it, it affects everybody. But for the sake of today, we're going to pretend that it's January 4th, and we have not all just witnessed what we've witnessed. How about that? Yes, that's perfect. January 4th, okay. Biden has won the election, and uh, you know we're we're happy to move on to a, a right. new year, 2021. So, right. um, yeah, but but you talked about a little bit there your career, um, your long history in you know in working in the government and workplace, yeah. obviously. Uh, so I wanted to spend a little bit of time with this podcast and, and let our listeners get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to find out, and this may have maybe changed over the years for you, but kind of like what motivates you to do the work that you do every day? Like, where do you find your inspiration and purpose? And yeah, maybe that's changed over the years. I, it absolutely changes over the years, right? I mean, you know, there's a part of my career that was like, I'm a mother of five children. I that's motivation, right? Like, you, you know, you got to get out there and do it. Um, but I will say that I, I do feel very honored and very privileged to be in a profession that has so many avenues. And the, the fact that there are so many avenues that you can pursue in our profession has really allowed me never to get bored. You know, there are, there are times of my career where I focused very, very heavily on security design, uh, specifically of some of the buildings that we're looking at on the news today. There are times that I've spent a lot of time doing master planning. Uh, there are times that I really focused a big part of my career on um, uh, assess, uh, accessibility and ADA when that came out in the early 90s and you know, traveled around the world, uh, workplace strategy, you know, some of the new things that are happening. And so there is never a drought of issues we need to address that uh, means I, I've never been bored. And I think my greatest, what inspires me is my curiosity. The fact that I am always interested in, okay, what does that mean? And how do we improve and how do we do better? Yeah, no, that's great. And it, yeah, it is such a diverse profession and there's so much to explore. And uh, yeah, I can imagine just, yeah, there's never a dull moment, you know? I mean, even, no. in, even in what I do, you know, covering the industry, it seems like there's always something new going on, so. Mm -hmm. um, so over the years, like, how has your design philosophy evolved? Like, how would you describe it? Um, you know, what shaped it or who or what shaped it? I mean, do you have mentors, colleagues, people that have kind of influenced uh, your thinking along the way? I'm sure you, I'm sure you have. 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, I think often great design uh, is perpetuated by great clients. And when you have clients or a call a higher calling or a higher need, I mean, you know, some of the most inspired design I've ever done in my life um, was because there was a higher calling. You know, I mean, I was supposed to be on an airplane to New Orleans uh, the day the Hurricane Katrina hit and was smart enough while I was standing in the airport to realize I probably shouldn't be flying to a place that they're evacuating and made a smart decision. Uh, but we were on planes within the following months going down and helping with the recovery. And, you know, I firmly believe that what we do can have a significant impact on people's lives and, you know, opportunities like that to serve and to service people that are, that are in those situations just has really driven that home. And so uh, my clients have always been an inspiration that, that, that sense that we really, what we do really truly does have an impact and that it's not arbitrary. You know, I think one of the things that I fight for every day is this notion that design is arbitrary and subjective and just whatever, you know, and I think one of the things most people on my team know that drives me insane is, you know, when we look at people and say, so what do you like? You know, now, now that's highly relevant in a residential scenario, but even in a residential scenario, we are trained to understand what works for people, how the elements and the principles of design psychologically and physically impact people and to apply that. And so, you know, people are hiring me to do what works for their business. And I understand that there is not only an art to what we do, but a science to what we do. And so all of that and understanding that and applying that drives me. And of course, the other thing I think that really, that really inspires me throughout my career have been my peers, uh, not only my colleagues in my own firm, uh, and, but you know, just in the industry. And so it's part of the reason why I've always been so involved in the industry, because I just find it fascinating to see what everybody else is doing and inspired by others. And I'm truly inspired now, I think, uh, by the younger generation mm. and what they bring to the table. And I'm really excited every time I get to work with, you know, the young designers in our, in our firm. And that um, I realized that as I am more in the twilight of my career, not at, I'm not close to midnight yet, but I'm, but I'm you know, it's twilight. Um, it's about the legacy that we leave the next generation. Are we leaving a profession and a world that reveres design, uh, that understands the implications, that, uh, you know, are we creating environments that are putting people in better scenarios? And what is the legacy that we are passing on to the next generation and to the clients and to the world? Absolutely. And speaking of the future, um, the other question I wanted to ask you is, I mean, what are you looking forward to going into 2021? Or maybe you want to project a little further out, but we did rewind to January 4th, so. Yeah, well, you know, look, I, I we're still in the middle of an evolving situation. And, and I mean the pandemic, okay? I'm, you know, there's lots of other situations here, but we're still in the middle of this. And I, you know, we've been predicting all along that we are going to be in for a rough 18 to 36 months. And I still think we are, you know, anytime you have something like this, that just kind of blows up the status quo, it takes some time for all the dust to settle. And there are some knee jerk reactions and there's some things. Uh, that need to play out. But what I'm looking forward to is uh, the opportunity that we have at hand. And I say that because in my role, I spend a tremendous amount of time doing future casting, 
Look, I, I deal with large corporate clients that have millions of square feet all over the world. They don't like surprises. They want to know what's coming and they want to be prepared for what is coming. And so we have to ideate about what is coming 5, 10, 15 years down the line. I'd actually argue in our profession, we should all be doing that because we aren't designing spaces that you're going to occupy for a year. Mm -hmm. We're designing spaces that you're going to occupy for a decade. And so we have to think ahead. And um, so COVID basically to us has given us, it's the fuel on the fire that is helping expedite what we've been preaching for a long time. And yes, there are some course corrections or things that have changed because of COVID, but a lot of the things that we're talking about, we've been talking about for a while. And it's just, you know, what was the catalyst that made clients say, okay, now we have to do it, right? We have to, we really have to embrace this. We understand it. And COVID has given us the opportunity to do that. And if we as an industry waste that opportunity, shame on us. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what would be some of your concerns then going into this year or even challenges or whatever it is that maybe would, would give you pause, you know? Uh, well, what would give me pause is that people want instant answers. They want, you know, right now, tell me what the answer is. Uh, and, and I think what we need to understand is that things have never changed as rapidly as they are right now, but they will never change as slowly again. Mm-hmm. We have to buckle up for the fact that things are going to continue to evolve and change at a more rapid clip. And what we need to do is be able to create environments that are responsive and agile and can adjust and not make these sweeping, bold statements of this is it for, you know, whatever. We have to accept some things. And you know, I think um, one of the things we're seeing is kind of this creation of a hybrid solution that quite frankly, organically has been happening for decades. And maybe now we just really need to embrace that and buckle up and empower people with options and choices uh, and be a little bit more flexible in how we approach everything, how we, how we approach the way we design space, where we work, how we work, when we work, all of those things are in question now. Yeah. It should be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you mentioned future casting and then, you know, a little bit of, of, of kind of projecting forward as far as what we're giving people. Yeah. What, uh, what are some of the trends that you think we can expect to see in the next few years? I know we've talked about this in the past, but just for our yeah. listeners. Well, Okay, so you know, this hub home spoke, this hybrid solution. Okay, and, and again, we've been doing this for a while, you know. Um, and, and I think the most important thing is not necessarily uh, this acknowledgement that yes, people will be working from home and or in a third place and or in, in an office or a combination of those three. But the fact that, what, so what does that really mean? It means that we need to formally accept that. We need to put policies and procedures in place and we need to design with intent and purpose. And what I mean by that is we've always kind of designed the office as it's, you know, fits everybody's needs. And now if we understand, you know, the fact that I can work from home. So what is it about the office that is compelling enough to make me want to go there and design with intent to make it an amazing experience so I truly want to be there, then all of a sudden the focus shifts and it starts shifting on a human-centric approach and the experience society that we are becoming and this, this notion that it's more of a community of spaces and multiple different scenarios. So 
you know, we, we think that the hybrid solution, the purpose of place, technology is exploding and we need to think about how do we leverage that? I mean, we should be ashamed of the fact that most people's experience in their cars with their technology is better mm. than in their workplace. Right. It's just true. Yeah. And we should be ashamed of that. And we have the ability to change that experience and to make them more tech enabled and tech empowered uh, while still being human centric, right? We don't wanna to go too far on that end. Um, we need to embrace the notion that we're probably going to go through a period of minimalism because of the cleanliness and you know all of those things, but that we we want we cannot dehumanize spaces and, and we cannot make them sterile, and I think we need to address um, how do we make spaces really truly more inclusive for all. Yeah, yeah. Truly absolutely. address that. Yeah, yeah. Not something that we've talked about, uh, and that's that's very very important. Um, what about like what's next for you and for HOK? What are you guys working on? What's on the horizon? What are you excited about? So we're all, we're always working on several different things, right? Yes, okay. so, you know, a lot of our clients right now are asking us for what are the new what are the new benchmarks? Okay, well the benchmarks have been blown away. And first of all, I hate benchmarks anyway because it's the best way to get to average. But you know, we have an opportunity to say what is the high water mark? Uh, what is the new best practice? What are the things that we're seeing that we think are positive or that we should be picking up? And clients are just going to have to go with that, right? Like if, you, if you're asking me what's tested and, pr and proven, all bets are off right now. Like, you know, we zeroed out with COVID. And of course, we know a lot of things that we can apply, but we have to leverage that knowledge and apply it to a new environment in a world where there hasn't been a lot of construction or building in the last year, to be honest and uh, look at the ones that have happened and start thinking about what are the new, what are the new best practices that we should be targeting. Um, we're excited about continuing the work that we've been doing on neurodiversity and really truly addressing that more holistically in the workplace and sensory intelligence and how that really impacts everybody because now everybody has a heightened sensitivity to their environments. We're excited about uh, and have really recommitted the firm to sustainability mm. and not only environmental sustainability and you know, carbon neutral uh, environments, uh, but also human sustainability and well-being and really, really focusing in on that. And then I think the other thing that we are deeply committed to exploring more holistically is this whole notion of social equity. And, mm -hmm. and I know it's, it's, you know, it's a, everybody's talking about that. Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to throw down the challenge of saying it isn't doing it. And when I, when somebody tells you, you need to design to be more socially equitable, what does that mean? Give me, tell me how to do that. Give me a, some viable examples. And quite frankly, uh, the American Planning Association has done a really good job and the planners have done a really good job of figuring out what that means in urban communities and or in, in all communities. Um, in the interiors and the architectural professions, we have not addressed that as holistically and we have devoted ourselves to tackling that subject, hearing the story, seeing the perspectives, um, taking off the blinders so that we can all have a heightened sensitivity about the spaces that we're creating. So they are truly more welcoming mm. and inclusive and set people up for success. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I know that's something that you and I talked about um, in the story that we're going to be publishing in the January February. Yeah. We're talking about equity and wellness and it's such sure. an important topic and I don't want to give too much away, but to our listeners out there, uh, look for that uh, cover story on wellness and equity coming up in Jan Feb. Um, and I kind of want to end things just a little bit lighter note, something personal, add a little bit of levity, but I uh, was going to ask you just, you know, is there a particular favorite Instagram account that you follow? Is there a fun fact, like a city you want to travel to? This is all, oh, you know, once it's safe to travel. Just- you are totally outing me. I just, you know, I'm, this is like, wow, you're going to end with a shameful moment, right? Yeah, so right, right, right. I, <laughs> I think probably most people know that I do post things professionally on, yeah. on uh, LinkedIn, uh-huh. but I, when it comes to personal things, I'm not even on Facebook. I have never been on Facebook. Right. I, I have a fundamental issue with them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I've never been on Instagram. I, actually, I can't really say that because I've done a few interviews this last year on in, Instagram, but I've had to have my daughter load it on my phone and do it. And I actually just recently deleted it. And now somebody else wants to do it. So I, have to, I just had to reinstall it yesterday. So I can't tell you what my favorite Instagram site is. All right. Well, we're... But however, I will say this about social media. If you go to HOK.com, HOK Forward last year was all about, uh, we have a whole microsite devoted to the influence of social media mm. and television on design and design factors. And it's absolutely fascinating and we add to that all the time and so I would I would say that that's my favorite spot because uh we we did really kind of focus on how social media is impacting us that's very cool very interesting I'm gonna check that out myself as well well is there like a city you're looking forward to traveling to once it's safe to travel or any other fun fact that our listeners may not know about you anything like that? I'm putting you on the spot here I'm a sorry. long list of cities that okay. I that I want to travel to uh I there was a whole lot that, you know, I, I literally, uh, when we went into lockdown in March, I was literally about to go on a two month excursion, business all related, uh, that was going to take me to, I think, I think it was going to be in like 10 different countries. And, you know, it was just it, part of it was just conference season, meeting season, speaking yeah. season, meeting with different clients. Um, but all of that, of course, got stopped. But, you know, uh, Istanbul, mm. Thailand, uh, Italy, of course, always a favorite. Uh, Brussels, uh, yeah, all you know, lots, lots of places. I've been almost everywhere in South America. I think I have one or two more spots to hit uh, there, and uh, maybe back o- over to Africa and South Africa. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, Robert, I, I think I in the last ten months, I think I've left. I don't, even, I don't even think I've left my house ten times. Wow. Besides walking around the neighborhood, right? Yeah, but exactly, exactly. Yeah, I might be the last person to come out of out of uh, quarantine. Yeah, I might be. Wow. Who knows? We'll yeah. see. Well, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. We'll see what the future holds. But uh, I'm so happy that you are going to be part of the new future of INS with our advisory board. It is always wonderful talking to you, Kay. Thanks so much. Um, it's just it's such a pleasure. Always happy to share my opinion, as you you, <laughs> you know, sadly or not, you know. No, we love it. We love it. Anyway, <laughs> well, thanks again. And uh, for our listeners out there, be on the lookout for our new look and feel uh, with our next upcoming issue in January, February. And tune in next time for an interview uh, with our, another one of our new board members, Lindsay Wilson of Corrigan. And that's it for today. Thanks and be well, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks.